Welcome to the sixth episode of the Destroy Target Permanent Podcast. I'm James. And I'm Jeremy. And we're your hosts on this wild ride. Hi. I don't, I don't know how wild it is. But, um, we're so going to be free to do what we want to do. And what we want to do is have a party. Party, party. Um, just want to jump into the FNM recap to get, get things going. Uh, I played... Four color dread horde last Friday. How'd it go? Uh, the deck's a blast. Uh, once again, round one, I was paired against you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. Um, and I lost again. Yeah, spoiler. Jeremy was playing his Tron deck again with a little bit of spice. Um, I had a really quick dread horde game one. Uh, brought back. Some wild growth walkers, a couple explorer creatures, and just gained a bunch of life. Um, game two was fairly similar, I believe. No, I won game two. Oh, I th- I it th- was two one. Yeah, yeah, because I got to Sylvan Awakening, and you were all like, "That's garbage." Like you had to look like this disgusted. But I, I like, I don't think it killed me though. No, I won the game, but like Sylvan Awakening is what got me there. Okay. Yeah. Well, and you just had that, like, I can't believe you're playing that shit here. It is. It's terrible. Like... <laughs> uh, round two, I played Brian, who's put on Esper Hero, and got absolutely trounced. Oh, uh, yeah, I ran into him, just too. Got destroyed. He had Hero of Precinct <laughs> 1 on turn two, both games, and just never looked back. Oh, uh, yeah. Soren was a big, a big engine in that deck, too. Yeah, yeah. That I, he, that I saw. He brought back um, Thief of Sanity multiple times with it. Jesus. Um, round three, he played against Brandon, who was on Guild Gates. Um, managed to stem the bleeding and, you know, kind of jockey for position, got around, got the win. Um, game two, I did. Um, what's that card called? What? The Surgical. Unmoored Ego. I yeah. unmoored Egoed um, his win conditions. Yeah, and uh, which I mean, yeah, very good sport. You know, had fun with it. It was uh, a lot of fun to play against. Uh, round four, played against Gary. The game he was playing Bank Mid Range. I lost. The games were really close though. Like they they were actually interesting games. Aside from round one, because I know how that one went. Uh, so round <laughs> one, game two, Sylvan Awakening. That was this. That was the spice that I added to the deck. Um, I I Garbage. wanted. I wanted to try out Sylvan Awakening and Biogenic Ooze. Uh, Biogenic Ooze is good, though. Right, you so I went for Sylvan parts. Awakening. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Uh, round two, I uh, played against dear friend Kyle. Uh, he was playing, yeah, he was playing the tokens. I think it was green-white tokens. Which yeah. I, I do think tokens is really good right now, just not against you. Yeah, because it was like turn four Nissa. We're shaking the world. Shooketh. <laughs> Shooketh. Uh, and then round three, I played against Brian with the Esper Hero. I got wrecked. Like, there was just like nothing I could do. Just seemed like you had an answer for everything. Deck's good. Yeah, that's Dude's fantastic. Uh, round four, I played against Richard, who, I got to say, he looked a little tired. <laughs> Yeah. He he was he were coming into round four and he just like like he'd worked all day or something. Richard's great though. He's a he's a listener of the cast. 
Oh, yeah, great support, too. Um, but I played against Mono Red, which is arguably one of my best matchups with yeah. Toronto. And I won. So I ended up going 2-2 two and two on the night. Not, not the worst week, not the best week. Um, the game, Like I said, the games are fun. Yeah. Um, this week, I, I'm between four-colored Red Horde and cutting the white to go down to Sultai. I don't know yet. If I don't play those, I'm on Is It Phoenix. Because... Old I mean, Faithful. Yeah. Yeah, it's just keep I mean, back. consistent. I Whatever. mean, if it's not broken. I also have it on build on Arena, so I get played all the time. Yeah, and that's that's one of the things with decks is the more experience you have, the better the deck is. Yeah. So, um, so why cut White and Dreadhorde? Uh, mana consistency, which I the reason I'm on the fence is because I, I just didn't have a problem with mana. Now I'm, I know it's going to happen. It's a four color deck. Mana and standard is good, but it's not great. I know it's going to happen, but I didn't experience it, so I, I haven't been burned yet. So you just so, want to like get get while the getting's good. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I may just stick with four colors. You know, like yeah, I haven't had a bad experience. When that happens, maybe that's maybe it forces me to switch. Yeah, shelf it for a while. So this this week for me, um, I'm going to be playing a pod deck. A uh, a saffron olive brew. No, no, let's, no, let's fucking talk about this for a minute. This is some bullshit. So I am uh, having a hard time finding a deck that really fits my playstyle. Like Tron's great, but it's not me necessarily because I do like interaction. And it's like Lane had talked about with Tron, it's like you do your thing. It's almost like the mono blue deck. You do your thing. You don't really care what the other guy's doing. Uh, It's sort of combo-y, you know. But I do like interacting, and I like throwing the other player off of their rhythm. So I was thinking, and I'd finally gotten some God Eternals on Arena. It took me forever forever to get them. But I finally got them, and I was like, well, let's go back to some of my fun decks and see if I can update anything to be competitive. So I went back to the pod list. MTGGoldfish.com. No, shut up. Stop. No, it's not. It's not fucking... Stop. God. So, I I went back to these uh, Vanifar pod lists that I made. One Bant, one Seltai. Um, and it was just... You know, you... Pod, for anybody who doesn't know, refers to birthing pod. Um, but you end up sacking a creature, go get a bigger creature. Or better creature, I should say. So, the idea was to just bring in all these bomb-ass creatures. Yeah, and before it was like hostage taker was a good one, Tristani was a good one, and now with War of the Spark, War of the Spark, we get the God Eternals, and Oketra is just busted. Yeah, good. So I was like, well, I'll throw that in there, and then you got Neoform, which I haven't tested as much with because I've been playing Vivian's Arcbow too. Um, so I went back to update these lists to see what kind of fun I could have, especially with new Vivian being able to flash in creatures. And then, like, as I'm working on the list, like, I, like, I'm tinkering, you know, and so when you're subscribed to a channel on YouTube, you get notifications for new videos. I get a notification. It's like, MTG Goldfish, um, I don't even remember the title now. I was, like, looking at it, and I was, I clicked on it, and I was like, all right, you know, let's see what Saffron Olive's got today. And he starts playing the deck, and it was, I was like, oh, are you serious? So I immediately text all my friends. I'm like, I did it first. Like, it was me first. 
this is my this is my jank. But his list was a little different. Um, he has some different creatures that I hadn't thought about, and I decided to play. Uh, what is that damn card? Uh, get a land Elvis Rejuvenator over District God because it puts it onto the battlefield. Yeah. yeah. So, and then there was some there was some other big bomb differences because I really like Dream Eater and Oh Ketra's just so stupid. And if you can flash it in at the end of their turn, yeah. And that's the whole thing of the deck with Vivian's Arc Bow. You tap X mana and then discard a card, go get a card X or less. Or go get a creature X or less and put it on the battlefield. So, in Sultai, the big thing to hit with that is Massacre Girl. So you get Massacre Girl, you clear the board, and then next turn you just go to town. In Bant, it's definitely Oketra. Yeah. Like, Oketra is the house. Um, you start casting creatures, make 4-4 four, four zombies with Vigilance, and then there, there are other... Um, Really good utility creatures like Elite Guard Mage, gain three life, draw a card. Why don't you just play four colors? I want to play four colors. Okay. I'm not ready to branch into four colors. I don't know, just talking. Because like, eventually, once I get into more colors, then I start playing shit like Niv-Mizzet Reborn. So hey, they're playing it modern. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm going to go get creatures of different color combinations. Yeah. So there's that. So I haven't decided if it's going to be Banner Sultai, but the core green is Incubation Druid, Paradise Druid for Ramp, um, Vivian of the Wilds. Is that right? Champion of the Wilds. Champion of yeah. the Wilds. Yeah. Uh, to be able to flash in your creatures, go find creatures, um, and Vivian's Arc Bow to help speed through the same process, and Prime Speaker Vanifar, which is the the Pod Engine. Sacrifice your creature, go get a creature with one higher mana cost. Whatever anyone says from Spirit Vanifar, I always think of the uh, the scene from Star Wars Episode One: Phantom Menace when they're at the pod race and they're announcing Jabba the Hutt. And yeah. that announcer's like, <laughs> la, 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 la. Jabba, Jabba the Hutt. La, 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 la. Like, I can't help it. <laughs> my, my brain has just somehow attached those two. <laughs> Okay, I, that's that's fun. I, I'm excited to see where you arrive at, though. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure if it's going to be super competitive. Um, I got a lot to work on this week, so I got to do. I got to get the list together for that. I got to get the list together for Oathbreaker. Yeah, we we have some leagues going through the month of June, which we're, we'll we'll touch on in a later cast. But. Yeah, Lord Windgrace is going to do the thing, so I'm taking that to town. Um. To switch to a, a tad bit of a serious note, we want to touch on the decision that was made uh, Monday, I believe. It may have been Tuesday, so I, I apologize. I, I can't remember exactly what day. Uh, the London Mulligan is going to be the official Mulligan rules starting with the release of Corset 2020, which is in July. Now, is that all formats? Yes. Yeah, it's across the board. And the the Commander Advisory Committee has decided that they're going to adopt it too. So, so it, it okay, will be so across the board. Okay, so explain the London Mulligan okay. to me. So we, with the Vancouver Mulligan, and, and in case you're wondering, those were the, the Pro Tours or now called Mythic Championships where these were tested. That's how they got the name. The Vancouver Mulligan was, if I start with any number of cards in my hand, Less than 
less than the starting seven, I get to scry one after I decide to keep my hand. Right. So, what they're going to now is if you decide to mulligan your your first hand, your seven-card hand, the second hand, you will draw seven cards again. Yeah. If you choose to keep, you have mulligan once, so one card will go to the bottom of your library. So you just burn it. Yeah. Okay. If you mulligan a second time, then two cards will go. You but will you're st- still drawing seven every yeah. time. And what this is, is they are doing it, regardless of what the internet may believe, they're doing this to prevent games from being non-games. A prime example of this is if you go watch the finals of um, Pro Tour, I, I believe it's Guild of Ravnica. Okay. It's uh, Andrew Ellenbogen and um, LSV, right. Luis Scott Vargas. Yeah. Uh, the final match, Luis Mulligans to four or five, I can't remember, and just the game's over in a couple turns. That is a terrible ending to some of the largest tournaments that we have all year. Right. It just looks bad. So... Okay, so from a coverage standpoint, that it, the, it's going to fix. It's going to help make games more interesting. Okay. Does it benefit the player? Yeah, a- absolutely. Because okay. if you're if you're mulliganing your seven card hand because you only have one land, right? That second seven card hand that you're going to have to bottom one of the cards. Maybe that hand has two lands, which works. Yeah. And then you get to get rid of, say, a five drop or something that you wouldn't be able to cast till later in the game anyway. So what it does, if you mulligan to six, you may not have gotten that second land, so then you go to five. It is giving you the highest opportunity to for a keepable hand. Right, so it's giving you have the best percentage game. for the best hand possible. Yeah. Okay. You know, I... It may be an unpopular opinion. I don't know. I haven't really talked to people well, about it. Well, a lot of... A lot I, of I, I would much rather... If I'm going to win a game, I would much rather win a game where, like, I beat you. Because it, because I yeah, had a good hand, too. It, it wasn't because, oh, you know, Jeremy got stuck on two mana and had four drops in his hand. Right. Like, that's not fun. It, it It's right. a feel-bad. You, you get a win on the most even ground possible. Absolutely. Okay. Well, the, everything I've been reading, I, well, there there seems to be a divided house between it's going to be fine, don't jump the gun, nothing nothing's going to get banned yet, give it time, and then there's the other side, the the extreme that's like it's going to break combo decks, it's going to let Dredge fix their graveyard so fast, it's going to, uh, I think somebody even said that. They're going to have to ban something in Tron okay. because it's going to be too crazy. To to touch on all of those, yes, it is going to make combo decks better. I'm using air quotes. But also, the decks that have sideboard options that are good against combo decks, it's going to give them the opportunity to mulligan to those cards. Right. Same thing with Dredge. Yes, Dredge is going to be able to have a better draw and field their graveyard more effectively but I'm also going to be able to find my Ravenous Trap, my Rest in Peace, my Surgical Extraction. Like, cage, yeah, it's going like to that. be easier to find those things. Tron is the one that is a little bit of an outlier because like, a lot of the things that are good against Tron, you may not be able to get onto the battlefield until after they've got Tron. Yes, 
Tron may become an issue. We don't know what the format's going to look like post this, this rule change and with the inclusion of Modern Horizons. We don't know. Modern Horizons, a lot of the cards are innocuous. They're not, they're, they're kind of unassuming. But we don't know how they're going to fit in with certain cards. The People, there, there are well over 10,000 cards in this game. There may be a card that people, no one in the world is talking about from Modern Horizons that might just be cracked wide open with a card that was printed 15 years ago. We don't know. Oh, yeah. Let, you know, Ironworks. It. Give me time. I, yeah. Ironworks, all of those cards in Ironworks have been legal the entirety of Modern. Yes. And the deck existed because last of year. Strap, strap uh, Trawler, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. A- Amulet Titan. All of those cards existed the entirety of Modern. Death Shadow. Those cards existed the entirety of Modern. Like, the, these are cards that have been around. People just don't try them. Mo- we've said it before. Modern is a slow-to-change format. Yes, and I agree. But also, unfortunately, the magic, magic community... Magic has been dying. The game has been dying since 94. Well, maybe it's the magic community that's slow-to-change. Oh, it, it is. It absolutely <laughs> is. Um, but people need to just take a step back. Chances are your deck's probably still going to be good. You can still play it. Yeah. You know, I've made comments in the past... You know, deck X is terrible. It may be bad in a vacuum, but if you're the person who's played it since, you know, its inception, then you may just be, you know, bomb as hell with it and just wreck people. I'm in favor of the mulligan. I'm mostly on board with it because I appreciate that Wizards is finding ways to make the game more fun and more fair. You, you, you know we're going to have people like call us out for being like fanboys of wizards and stuff which we are uh, i mean spoiler no, we, you know i i mean we, i don't i don't know if i am or not actually we, i play we, the game so i guess but we proxy. we make a podcast. <laughs> we yeah we we yeah, spend we our free magic. time making a podcast about for you know about magic we play magic we think about magic we love the game here's here's the metric that i've used in everything that i'm in any hobby if i don't like a change i ask myself are you still going to do this are you still going to play the game? Are you still going to participate? Yes. If the yes. answer is yes, then don't worry about it. If yeah. it becomes a problem to where you want to leave, then you worry about it. Adapt and overcome. There you go. <laughs> but now now that we've beat that dead horse, um, we're going to have a little bit of fun this week. Um, recent announcements of Netflix partnering with the Russo brothers, who are of Avengers Endgame fame, to produce... A Magic the Gathering animated series for Netflix. I'm excited. Uh, I, think it, I think it's going to be great. Oh, insanely excited. Uh, and in case you were wondering, the Russo brothers are longtime Magic players. I didn't know that until yeah. today. Yeah, that, that, that came out and part of it, you know, that's one of the things that they've just done forever. And um, we're going to do... Over the course of a couple episodes, you know, uh, it may be on the next episode, may not, may be on, you know, the one after that. Um, It's going to be a little bit of a mini-series. We're going to attempt to fan-cast the Planeswalkers and maybe some of the other characters that we think may be likely to show up in this. And we have the list of all the Planeswalkers, I guess, that we know of. Yeah, if you can hear the paper, there's a lot of them, people. There's one on here that I don't think is... Still canon because I don't know who in the world that is, but and we're going to gradually go through them. Um, so we're going to start off with the Gate Watch. That is the Gate Watch as of 
the the conclusion of the War of the Spark story. So, spoiler alert: if, if you haven't read it, yeah, and you don't want to hear about it, stop now. Yes, in program, <laughs> and and now we're going to get into it. T Earl Grey, hot. <laughs> <laughs> That, oh, he's the uh, Star Trek Picard comes out in like a couple weeks. Oh, right, right. Super excited. Not that um, related. No, no. <laughs> although Patrick Stewart playing like who would he play? A planeswalker? I I don't know. Urza. <laughs> no, Urza's a dick. Um, okay, so we're gonna kick off with everybody's favorite character in Magic, Jace Bellerin. <laughs> okay, so. In these segments, these these Planeswalker segments that we're going to be doing over the next few episodes, we're going to try to pick actors, well-known or not, who we think best would portray these characters. So I started with and Jace. That, that's that's live action or just a voice actor. Or, or, yeah, or voice. So my first pick for Jace was David Tennant. Of uh, Doctor Who fame. Yeah. Or Kilgrave, Jessica Jones, also... Good Omens. Good Omens. Yeah, I'm new show. Looking forward to that. Um, I I do have to agree that he would be fantastic. I mean, it's it's basically a less goofy version of him as the Tenth Doctor. Well, what set me on it was somebody did an altered art on Jace Memory Adept, mm-hmm. and it was David Tennant as the Doctor, oh, man. and it was it was beautiful. So um, I chose Keanu Reeves of John Wick fame, and Matrix, and Bill and Ted, and, and everything, and so on, and so on, and, so and I, I do, I kind, I kind of see him more as Jace after he gets his memory back in Ixalan, darker Jace, yeah, okay, kind of like you know, and uh, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I could, I could see him being that kind of more adultish Jace, I guess. Yeah, yeah, like just gets all his memories back. The maturity changes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, up next, we have Nissa Ravane. And uh, I think we both kind of yeah, copped out on this one. Little bit of a cop out. Uh, I went with Evangeline Lilly of uh, Ant Man and the Wasp and uh, the Hobbit. The Hobbit, yeah. That's what I was yes, of. she played an elf already. Uh, my pick did too. Liv Tyler, <laughs> she was Lord of the Rings Armageddon. Yeah, in fact. So they they look like elves. People they've got they've got I mean, elvish experience. That's what I think it's seen. important for the, for the part. Um, I don't feel like we need to touch more on that. Like they've played elves. She's an elf. Yeah, just get we just get some green eyes. Yeah, some let's grow some vines. My trees and like there's tree folk in there already. Like we're we getting tree beard in the background. Yeah, God, that'd be great. Um, next we have Chandra, and one one a- actress that was brought up to us was Felicia Day. She is uh, part of the YouTube channel Geek and Sundry. Yeah, um, she's also been on shows like uh, Eureka, Supernatural. Yeah. Um, my choice is Jenna Coleman. Who played uh, Clara Oswald on um, Doctor Who? She was one of the clever girls. Yes, clever girl. Okay, with uh, Matt Smith's Doctor. 
Um, I don't know. I get, I just she. I could see her being Chandra with like she's got the energy. Yeah, yeah. She's got that like the attitude and you know the voice and everything. I I, I could just see it working. And I think we went after people like Chandra as a character has a small frame. Yeah. So we went for people in that vicinity, and I came up with Isla Fisher because well, I guess not just because of the red hair, but. <laughs> Of uh, Wedding Crashers? Yeah, Wedding Crashers. She's in other things, too. I just can't remember them now as quickly. You now You See Me. Yes, oh, that's the yeah. one. And didn't she, like, almost drown yeah, she, in yeah, the yeah, sun? Yeah, she talked about that, like, two weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a way better option than Wedding Crashers. No, it's not. Wedding you don't think so? No, I do. Dude, whatever. I think it's a way oh. better movie. Uh, uh, Kaya... Yes, Kaya has joined the Gatewatch. If you, if you don't play the card game, Oath of Kaya. Um, I, I chose Zazie Beats, who plays Domino in Deadpool 2. Um, I really liked her in that movie. Uh, I haven't really seen a whole lot uh, of anything else that she's in. But I, I really enjoy it. She's in something else coming up. Yeah. I can't remember. She all, the attitude that she portrays in Domino also kind of gives me the feel of what Kaya would be like. Yeah. So, I, I like her for it. And she kind of looks like her. Just a no-nonsense kind of... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my pick was Tessa Thompson. The angry girl. Yeah, the Valkyrie. From from Thor Ragnarok, Avengers Endgame. Yeah, I think, I think she could do a great assassin. <laughs> I just realized that we're circling around Doctor Who... Marvel movies. Lord of the Rings. And yeah, and that's just kind of where we're at. Nerd shit. Yeah, we're nerds. Yeah. Um, and... I'll take it. Teferi, the hero of Dominaria. Savior of us all. Uh, I chose the correct answer, which is Idris Elba. Um, then I played, he- <laughs> played Heimdall in the Thor movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's... Also in a television show called Luther. Yeah, I, I love he, Luther. Uh, played Roland in The Gunslinger. Whether you like that movie or not, that's the correct answer. He looks just like So him. I went off the rails oh, with this you, fucking pick. You went off the rails. No, because, okay, so so I decided to pick somebody a little older, so I went with Wesley Snipes. Now before, hear me out, hear me out. Before you go crazy like, oh no, that's a terrible choice. There's a movie called Gallo Walkers. Watch it and get back to me. I, I've seen it on Netflix. I haven't watched it though. It's really good. It's a little. It's it's a little far out. I I didn't select it because I saw Wesley Snipes. It's great. Because <laughs> and like I I just imagine like I want to ferry to be Idris Elba. No, more badass. He's black. He's black. He's black <laughs> Superman. Well, uh, he's badass, but he's like. Like, okay, so, like, Wesley Snipes in Blade, where, uh, I think it was Dracula, is like, Blade, ready to die. I was, okay, like, I was gotta, born ready, motherfucker. You gotta do the voice. Yeah, yeah. And so I went to Ferry to do that, like, you know, Bolas is like, are you ready to die, hero of Dominaria? And he's like, I'm born ready, motherfucker. But anyway, so that's where I, that's where I went with it. Uh, we, we're gonna... We're going to continue this. We we may not hit all the Planeswalkers. We're going to hit some of the more popular ones. If there's one that you want us to do this with, let us know. 
Um, also, something we're going to do for our Spotify listeners, we're going to, uh, over the course of time, create a playlist with at least one song for each Planeswalker. Yeah. And these, these songs will represent either their personality or their theme. It's some attribute of that Planeswalker is going to be represented with a song. And, uh, again, the spoiler warning continues. Yeah, it'll, yeah. We, if, you've, if you're not caught up on War of the Spark lore, stop. Stop here. Again. If, if you care. If you don't, then Yeah, if you don't listening. care, keep listening. Um, we are going to deal with... The Planeswalkers that are no longer with us. <laughs> Those who have passed. This is In Memoriam. Yep. Uh, we're going to kick it off with Gideon. I need a hero! <laughs> so that was that was my pick for Gideon. Uh, I Need a Hero by Bonnie Tyler. The first thing that popped into my head was Indestructible by Disturbed. And then I realized that he wasn't indestructible. <laughs> Because he died. Huh. Indestructible. Uh, we also have uh, Step Into the Arena by Gangstar. Yeah, Step Into the Arena. The The lyrics are... I I assume they're relating to rap battles yeah. uh, at the at the time I'm listening to it. But like he talks about wearing armor, Step Into the Arena, I'm the champion. And so that's all kind of reflected in Gideon's persona. So I... Oh, no. That's why I chose that one. What's the Cypress Hill song? Um... Oh man, you're gonna have to do better than that. <laughs> I can't think of it. Well, we'll we'll come back to it if it hits me. Uh, Nicol Bolas. Um, I chose "You're So Vain" by Carly Simon. I bet you think this song is about you. Cause he, I mean, it's all about him. It's all about Bolas. Oh, Although I I do like your choice. I do like your choice a lot. Uh, so my my choice for Bolas was "Sympathy for the Devil." Either by the originals, by the Rolling Stones. Well, one of the better covers I've heard is by Motorhead. So, you know, pleased to meet you. Hope you guessed my name. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, this this scheming figure in the background. Yeah. Um, also, everybody's favorite Scottish boy, if you've heard him on Arena, Domri Raid. That's right, Domri bit it. Um, Super dead. Bring the noise... The Anthrax and Public Enemy mashup, just let's just wreck it. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good choice. Um, my choice was <laughs> in a completely different direction. I, I took Wild One by Iggy Pop. I, I I can see that one though too. Yeah, and then uh, we got an honorable mention from the producer for Bring the Ruckus by the Wu Tang Clan. So yes. we'll probably throw that one on the playlist too, mostly just because I like Wu Tang Clan. But uh, and last but not least, Dak Faden, the greatest thief in the multiverse. Uh, so for Dak, for Dak Faden, I had to have James kind of give me a rundown of Dak's story, um, and he talked about him being the greatest thief. And so I was like, immediately came to mind was High on the Crime by Turbo Negro. So if you've not listened, give it a listen, see if you agree, and if you don't, tell us what you think. Uh, I chose Red Right Hand by Nick Cave. <laughs> um, if you look at the art, he literally has a red right hand. And it's tied to his... Uh, his magic is actually called uh, psychometry. He can 
recall the history of any object that he touches and can copy a spell that's enchanted to that object. And it's through that hand. Like, that. that that's his source. And it's red. <laughs> so, I mean, not, not to be a little too blunt, but red right hand. Right on. So with these, the, the, this, uh, I'm going to call it the Planeswalker playlist. Um, it'll be available on Spotify soon. I'll, I'll put a link in the Facebook page. James can link it to Twitter. Um, but if there is a Planeswalker that you're just dying to hear the, a song for, let us know via post message, email, carrier pigeon, whatever. Um, or if you think you have a better song to represent the four that we've talked about this week, send it to us. Let us know. And maybe we give you a shout out for being right <laughs> or more right than us. Now, um, one thing that uh, I want to kind of start doing every so often in the future is uh, things that we have coming up, whether that's events, projects, ideas, whatever it may be. Um, this weekend is at your your LGS. They should have a pre-release draft. I believe is is the only way it's offered. Sealed? Is it sealed as well? Okay, for it, it it may be sealed as well for Modern Horizons. So go get that uh, Hogak. De- definitely going to. I, I'm definitely going to attend. I'm going to try it out. Um, I know that we've we've got the leagues through June. We're both doing the Oathbreaker League. I'm doing the Modern League because I want to try to get a little bit more ex- modern experience under my belt because in July we are going to the Star City Games Open in Columbus. Oh, yeah. Which, we, are, we are doing that. Yeah. Which we, we may or may not uh, try to do a recording up or, you know, not on site. But while we're in Columbus, everything's kind of fresh and we can talk about some of the things that happen. Maybe uh, some cool yeah, stories and the... And stuff. Um, we will have I, we will have plenty of extra time. We may do a separate special episode just for that weekend. Yeah, and um, we're we're going to have some special guests in the coming weeks. We still got to work out some some scheduling things with them. We're going to be yeah, Oni. Yeah, way to leave the leave the state. I started to say leave the country. Yeah. <laughs> you got to go. Got to go to you know other states and stuff. Uh, to be fair, he is uh, attending a wedding that I was supposed to be at and was unable to attend. So we'll give a little shout out here to Rick Lewis, who is getting married, I believe, on the seventh. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah, it's about time, I yeah. guess, is what I'm. Yeah. So the rest of us are married. Yeah, where are you at, um, bro? Um, definitely gonna try it out. Um, gonna discuss different aspects of the game, whether that be you know the financial aspect. Uh, we're probably going to try to do a more lore based episode for those of you that are interested. Touch on Commander. We are this. This is the first time Jeremy's hearing it. Going to do a strictly Spike-related episode. Oh, we're you know we're we're going to have someone on who is nearly, if not as as spiky as I am, or and we'll we'll have the inverse. We'll we'll have on you know another another brew dog. Who do I get? I don't know. We'll have to figure that out. Okay, just got to roll with it. Um, exciting things. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, didn't you... You had something you wanted to say? What about what? The... You wanted to shout out? Oh, yeah. So, okay. Jesus, I had already forgotten. So, I wanted to... 
and this is our sixth episode, so it means we've going been we've been going about a month and a half now. Going been with this. Um, so I was looking at some of our stats for the podcast. Uh, I, I track them about once a week. Um, but I wanted to give a shout out to all of our listeners and supporters. Uh, in the last 90 days, over over the course of one, two, three, four, five episodes, we've had 174 unique plays. That's fantastic. Absolutely. Um, that's more than I expected. I expected a core of like 10 or 15 people to listen every week and then give a shit about it on Fridays. Yeah. But now we've got people um, from all over the place. And just to just to give you guys a little a little hint as to how far our reach can go. Um, so Ironton, Ohio definitely wins for most listeners. Second place, Ashland. Uh, and then Lexington. Some people out of Lexington. Fourth on the list, New York. Really? The Bronx. Wow. Yep. And then there are actually a couple of cities in New York. Uh, Mountain View, California made the top ten. Uh, the rest of it's Ohio. Our Ohio group, thanks a lot. You, you're, you're the... Killing it. Oh, what is that song? You're the reason in my life. You're the inspiration. Um... So we've got Michigan, Westland, Michigan, Chicago, Illinois. Um, we got some Huntington, West Virginia fans, Silver Spring, Maryland. So some of these uh, we, we are expected, but like or wait, Secaucus, New Jersey. I didn't even know that was a place. I did not either. So thank you, listener in New Jersey. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to give a, shout, a big shout out to all of our fans and supporters for helping us, sticking with us, keeping us dedicated because we didn't expect to get this much, in, much interest in it, honestly. But now that you're here, you're stuck with us, so fuck it. Yep. You're falling down the rabbit hole. There's no getting out now. Yep. But that's the, yeah, I wanted, I wanted to hit on that. But now, um... And then I f- and then I forgot what I want wanted to do after that. So <laughs> this is the most professional and and well rehearsed podcast you will ever listen to. It's definitely probably hundredth place, but we're the best place. in hundredth place. So I I've got nothing else for this week. I don't know about you. Yeah, it's um, short well, episode. Yeah. Relatively quiet. We we went a little long last week. Um, yeah. Was there anything else from Modern Horizons that you were nothing? I think there were some spoilers after the last episode. Nothing really stuck out though. Like that's that's kind of the thing. Man, I'm so hung up on Hogak. <laughs> Hogak. Get, get hooked on Hogak. But uh, yes, I want to um, reiterate. You know, thank you all very much for the support. We do appreciate it. It's it's really. Almost humbling, in a way. I promised myself I would cry. <laughs> um, we, uh, I forgot to do this at the top of the episode. Um, we're sponsored by the Goblin Traders, our our LGS. And if you want to get in t- contact with us, whether it's about the, the fan casting or talk about decks, talk about any, anything, anything you want to talk about, you can find us uh, at our, on our Facebook group. And uh, at DTP Pod or DTP Cast on Twitter, and uh, 
again, if you know anybody who might be interested, we're on Spotify, iTunes, Google. Check us out. Give us a review. You know, if if boost you think, our ego. Yeah, come on, five star review. Yeah, if you think five stars are worth Can it. Can you? Are there Yelp reviews for podcasts? I don't know. I hope not. I want a three on Yelp. Somebody give us a three. You want on a Yelp. three on Yelp? Yeah, because it's like it's like you're not bragging too much, but you're still being encouraging. Oh my god! But um, again, thank you all for listening, and good luck. I hope you lose. <laughs>